1: What's up, night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret podcast, show number 50, Eric Lopez. Can you believe it? We've made it to 50 shows in one year.
0: I can't believe I did. I've done 50 shows uh, with you and haven't strangled you yet. That's amazing. <laughs> well, why do you think I record you via Skype? Well, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But Well, see, now you get to miss out my tux.
1: Oh, that's right. We are busting out the, uh, We are busting out the dress blacks today because guess what? It is award day. This is our postseason 2017, our 2017 black and gold banneret postseason award show. And uh, under the consultation of uh, one, Trace Trilco, we're going to call this one the Bannies. All right. Our first annual Bannies. We've got a bunch of awards to hand out that, uh, well, actually, we're not going to hand them out. Um, what we're going to do, this is going to be a two show process. All right. We're going to list the nominations for this show. When this show goes live, we're going to put I'm going to put all the every award up in a Twitter poll and they're going to be up for 1 week. In 1 week from when this goes live, we're going to take a look at the results and that's who's going to win the award for each of this. So we got a lot to cover tonight. Make sure you follow us as always on blackandgoldbanneret.com and also on Facebook at blackandgoldbanneret you can follow us on Twitter at, at ucf underscore banneret. That's where all the Twitter polls are going to be. You can follow me at jeff underscore sharon. You can follow Eric at Eric Lopez elo. And uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. Give us a subscribe and give us a rating there. Uh, you can also subscribe to us via Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. So, all right, without further ado, this is our nomination show for the Bannies 2017. Black and Gold Bannerette Postseason Award Show. So here's the awards that we're going to give out. We're going to give out Male and Female Athlete of the Year, Coach of the Year, Team of the Year, Comeback Athlete of the Year, Breakout Athlete of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, Game of the Year, Play of the Year, Moment of the Year, and Performance of the Year. And we have up to five nominees for each. We're going to go through each of the categories with the five nominees then, Eric, you and I are each going to pick our votes for each of them. But in the end, the final uh, result will be determined by you, the listener, to the Black and Gold Banneret podcast via our Twitter uh, polls that we're going to have on our post, actually, um, for this uh, show. Okay, so so let's go ahead and uh, dive right in. All right, we're going to start with the individual awards and male athlete of the year, so we've got uh, so we're going to start off with well first of all, Matt Williams of men's basketball is our first nominee, and uh, what a year that Matt had considering that he almost didn't play for UCF at all this year, did he, Eric?:
0: Unbelievable. I don't know anybody expected the year that he would have uh, be all conference considering he was on the way to go into Wake Forest and then changed his mind. Uh, what a phenomenal year. Brought that outside scoring consistently uh, among the best shooters in the country from a three-point land. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And really, this was a hard category. And just to try to narrow down uh, who the finalists were, as you'll hear in a moment, but uh, Matt Williams certainly, um, I don't know. I mean, the contributions he did this year was I don't know if anybody expected it, uh, even when he did come back. Well, he started all 34 games.
1: Uh, he fin- there were a lot of people he could have chosen for basketball, and even though Matt finished second in scoring behind BJ Taylor as a senior, fifteen point two points per game, thirty eight percent from three point range, he made a hundred and twenty three point shots this year. A um, hundred and twenty of his one hundred and seventy field goals total were from three point distance. So um, that gives you an idea. He is currently seeing uh, you know getting looks from the NBA. He has played himself into potentially a shot at the NBA. So. Our next nominee, Robbie Howell of baseball, the pitcher. Uh, a lot of guys you could have picked for baseball, too, um, this year. But Robbie started the season 10-0, and 0, finished 10-1 with a 3.32 uh, earn-run average through two complete games, uh, led the team in uh, innings pitched with over 100, led the team in strikeouts with 94, and was just a, a, an absolute stopper you know up there on the hill this season for UCF baseball wasn't
0: he i mean turned into an all-american i don't you know think about that with the great tradition this program has had he turned himself into an all-american nobody would have expected that and he really set the tone for this team on those friday nights uh uh, part of an improved staff overall and uh, he was just unbelievable and now got drafted in major league baseball draft and uh but what a great year. One of the best years any UCF pitcher has ever had.
1: Yeah, and it's a shame. That one loss came in the tournament with a lone blemish on this whole season. What a year uh, coming out. Uh, from football, Shaquem Griffin. What a year for him coming off. I mean, we know, we know the story uh, about him and his twin brother Shaquille. Uh, and we know the story about how he lost his hand. Um, but in his junior season, he's American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year. A guy that... The previous regime said wouldn't amount to much more than a special teams player. He wins Defensive Player of the Year this year for UCF football.
0: Set the tone for that defense, which carried that team into a bowl game. And, uh, you know, he he was just a phenomenal year for him. And uh, just, again, to set that, really, that defense at times carried that team. And without him, uh, he was the ringleader on that. And uh, without that defense, they don't make a bowl game. And he earned it. Uh, he, uh, he was phenomenal as a Defensive Player of the Year. Manuel, or uh, uh, moving on to men's soccer,
1: Matthias P- uh, Matias Puzolo, the uh, Finland native, another junior uh, who you know came to UCF all the way back in 2014 initially as a freshman. You know he was highly touted, and it was a tough year this year for UCF uh, men's soccer, no question about it. But Matias was the real bright spot uh, for the team um, this year. He led them in uh, goals with 10. Finished with 25 total points when you double the goals and add and add one per assist on 35 shots. Um, no UCF player had more than seven points on the year or more than three goals. Um, he was an offensive force this year for UCF, wasn't
0: he? He was. And think about what you just said there about the offense. There was not a lot of offense around him. So if teams were locked in and focused to try to take him out, and it didn't work. Right. Uh, it was amazing. And I remember I was there the final day when they qualified for the tournament. They beat Cincinnati. I mean, they were trying to stop him all they can, and they just didn't have, you know, it's just, he, he just found himself and had an unbelievable year. Unfortunately, didn't have enough around him to kind of, from a team standpoint, but uh, man, uh, to put up 10 goals, uh, he, he kind of gave him a chance every match. And finally, for men's
1: golf, Manuel Elvira. Uh, who uh, tied for first at the Florida Gulf Coast Invitational, had 15 rounds of par or better, five top 10s, six top 20s, led the team in all those categories uh, for men's golf and was a key cog in UCF men's golf reaching the NCAA Finals Tournament, wasn't
0: he? Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the accolades right there, part of a team that went as deep as they did. Uh, I, I, he's a big part of it, and, I, and what a year he had.
1: All right, so those are our five nominees: Matt Williams, uh, Robbie Howell, Shaquem Griffin, Matias Puzo,lo, and Manuel Elvira for Male Athlete of the Year. So Lopez, who you got?
0: Oh, that's right. That's a, what yes, a way to start. Be tough
1: huh? man. Every one of these is going to be tough.
0: This is tough. I mean, I will go. I'm going to go with Griffin because what I said earlier: if I without that defense, UCF doesn't go to a bowl game. And as great as Matt Williams had a year, I could argue that B.J. Taylor is the basketball player of the year. Uh Look at how they struggled without him when he was hurt during the non-conference portion of the season. You can make an argument for Taco Fall, the defensive player of the year. Griffin set the tone for that defense, uh earning defensive player of the year, and, and a defense that really maybe even surprised some of us. We didn't know if this defense was going to be any good. They were atrocious in 2015. And uh, this young man helped that lead that defense, make play after play after play. And certainly other guys contributed, but he he, he was definitely the best player on that team. So uh, I'm pulling hairs here, but I will go with Griffin. Mm, boy,
1: I am going to go with Matt Williams. And the reason why is because, you know, it, it, he was it, he I thought that he set the tone for that team when he came back from flirting with Wake Forest. And when he, as a senior, came back and played himself back into the lineup. And was such a tremendous scoring threat. Now, you're absolutely right. You know, We could have had B.J. Taylor in there. We could have had Taco Fall in there. But Matt Williams, I thought, set the tone for the rest of the players on the roster in helping UCF um, men's basketball get to where they got under Johnny Dawkins in Johnny's first year. I think that you know if Matt had left, and maybe there wouldn't have been quite as much, uh, maybe legitimacy isn't the, quite the right word that I'm looking for, but um, there would have been, it, it wouldn't have been quite as, um, it, it, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it would have been the same year without Matt coming back and, and really providing, um, saying, you know, I'm buying in. And if I'm buying in, the rest of you guys had better buy in. And they bought in. That's something that that's a word that we kept saying about that team. So my vote goes to Matt Williams. Again, you're going to be able to vote on all of these uh, via Twitter polls, which we have set up on our site. All right, let's move over to the Female Athlete of the Year, another five nominees. And uh, the first one we're going to come up with, we're going to have is... Uh, Boy, what a year for this young lady on the UCF cross-country and track and field teams. Anne Marie Blaney, the redshirt senior from Ocala, ended up being the most dec- one of the most decorated distance runners in um, UCF history, uh, finished up her career uh, at UCF um, with so many titles and setting school records all over the place in cross-country and in track and field. She made it to the NCAAs this year, was uh, key in helping UCF, uh, to the indoor championships as well. Uh, Anne Marie Blaney, what a year for her um, in uh, in ni- in nice cross country and track and field. I mean, what?
0: Well said. Uh, to the point where she actually did a feature on her uh, locally on Spectrum Sports. They did a feature on her. That's how big it was. And you mentioned she was a big part of that indoor championship that UCF won, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannot be annoyed. So, what a phenomenal career. You'll go down as one of the best of all time to come uh, from UCF as far as uh, in the, the cross country there, the track there.
1: Speaking of a spectacular career, Jayla Hervey of volleyball, 5'11 senior from Huntsville, Alabama, um, finished up this season. I, you know, by the time this season had ended, you know, she had clearly established herself as the Knights' uh, best player overall. And she was an all region first teamer. Um, Recorded her 1,000th kill at UCF um, back in September. Uh, She scored 406.5 points um, for UCF this year, which was tops on the team. Uh, Was second on the team with 4.71 kills per set. uh, And uh, had the most kills at 504 total. Top 25 in the nation. What a weapon she was, and she showed such... um, As good as she was last year, and she was good and had to be good with Kia Bright getting hurt, Jayla really took the reins of this team this year, helping UCF Volleyball to a 23-win season.
0: It's going to be strange in the fall. UCF Volleyball, where is the scoring going to come from and who's going to make the kills? It's not going to be Jayla Hervey. That's going to be strange to say. Uh, What an impact she made in in the program. The question about it uh it, it you just it, it you just maybe taking the times for granted right you yeah. just took those kills for granted that'll be the i think that'll be one of the big questions in moving into the fall for volleyball is who will you know not replace her but who kind of picks up the scoring there
1: over to women's soccer carol rodriguez 99 she started all 19 games for ucf led the team in goals with 12 added two assists she uh, was by far the leader on the team in shots on goal with sixty uh, in shots with sixty two shots on goal with twenty seven. Um, highly decorated once again for Carol had that you know not a bad way to follow up from that bicycle kick goal that she had last season. First first team all conference um, and, uh, and and UCF. This is how important she was to the team. In two seasons at UCF, she was a combined sixth or the nights where it combined. 16-1-2 whenever she scored a goal. What a senior season for the 5'8 uh, uh, Brazil native.
0: Well, just like I said, for volleyball, one of the big questions in women's soccer, how you produce replace that production, that's going to be the big question. But you're right, she was clutch. Uh, and, and, and it seemed like when they needed a big goal in this past year, she provided it for them and uh, was tremendous. What a, what a run she had at UCL.
1: Over to women's golf, our fourth nominee for this order, Ashley Holder, All-America performer. She had finished her career, her first three seasons at UCF, she finished in the top three in the uh, in the American Athletic Conference Championships. She breaks through, wins the individual championship uh, in the American, uh, advances to the NCAA, and she was just an absolute highlight every single time. She clinched UCF. Uh, UCF's championship uh, on the final hole on the 54th hole uh, with that big putt uh, and with one shot you know clinch the team championship clinch the individual championship uh, four-time all-conference selection averaged under 72 strokes per round um, not bad for a kid who came to UCF from Lake Nona huh
0: You've covered the golf program for a long time. She's got to be in the conversation for best golfer from that program's history. No, I mean, she's certainly uh, up there as far as I'm concerned. I mean, she, uh, what a phenomenal career she had. Uh, I think we, we got a shot to see her at the next level, right? If she wants to, right. If she wants to pursue the professional tour, um, I don't see any reason why she can't do that. Uh, Part of a lot of success, you mentioned that, throughout her career. Uh, I mean, I don't know, I mean, is it, I mean, how would you compare her to like Katelyn Detlefson, who you covered as well? Detlefson was a great player at UCF. That, that, that's kind of the one that jumps out to mind in recent history, not counting, not even talking about Caroline Penninger. Yeah. But um uh, she's got to, like I said, I mean, she's got to be in that, uh you know, conversation, I would think, based on the resume.
1: I, I, it, it is so hard to choose between so those be- three. Um, considering you know I've covered you know all three of them to some in some respect, but you know um, ca- uh, it, it, I'm probably going to be corrected. I should be corrected if I'm wrong, but I don't believe Carolyn won the individual championship, and I don't think Katie Katie did either. Um, but, there you go. That's, but it, there so you that's, a, that's a
0: point right there. And that that's shows you how nice- good well, Ashley
1: Ashley was for UCF and c- the consistency too. You know, she finally broke through. We're really proud of her for doing that. And then finally, Aaliyah Gregory from Women's Basketball. Um, the senior from Strawberry... Or now she's a senior. Last year she was a junior from Strawberry Crest High School just outside of Tampa. Eclipsed the 1,000-point mark. Led the team in scoring. Uh, started 30 of 31 games. 16 points per game. Um, and she was uh, she was... She's the closest thing to Richard Hamilton I think I've ever seen at UCF with that mid-range jumper that was just deadly. Um, She uh, also averaged almost four rebounds per game, uh, 59 assists, which was third on the team, uh, 54 steals, which was third on the team. She just did it all. And what a breakout year she had for Coach Abe in UCF women's basketball.
0: Really turned it on in conference too. I mean, she was the leading scorer because you know going into the year, one of the questions with women's basketball, one of, you know, is where is the scoring coming from? You had Zai Lewis, and then we didn't know where else. And Gregory took it to a next level to the point where she became the number one option. Uh, I think she averaged around close to twenty points a game during conference play, earning all conference, and she was on a torrid pace uh, during conference. Uh, phenomenal year and a big part of you know the turnaround with that program.
1: So those are your five nominees for Female Athlete of the Year: Anne Marie Blaney from track and cross country, Jayla Hurry from volleyball, Carol Rodriguez women's soccer, Ashley Holder women's golf, and Aaliyah Gregory from women's basketball.
0: All right, Lopez, who you got? How come I get to go first all the time? What come? <laughs> <if> that's not <laughs> fair. You all go right, first right, this you
1: know time. What? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. This is such a hard choice, but uh, I'm going with Anne Marie Blaney because. She did what she was able to do, not just consistently throughout her career, but basically in two different sports, between cross-country and track. She was utterly dominant in that sport. And if we're looking for who's the best athlete of the year, my first question is, who was the most dominant in her sport? And due respect to the other four nominees, I think Anne-Marie was the most dominant Probably the most dominant UC, individual UCF athlete in any sport this year. What about you?
0: Strong argument. I mean, I can't, I, I don't disagree with a word you just said. Uh, I will, let me make a case for Ashley Holder. Okay. Okay. She won the individual championship, helped win the team championship mm-hmm. at the same time, right? Like it came down to the wire. For the women's team championship, and she was a big part of that. You, she made the NCAA's. You mentioned she, uh, other great players in UCF women's golf have never won the individual conference championships, making the NCAA's. Uh, that's a pretty. I mean, that that's. Do, does UCF women's golf win the team championship without Ashley Holder? Can I, you know, that that would be my argument there. But man, I can't. I mean, Blaney was mm-hmm. just. Uh, just dominant, <laughs> yeah. You know, that was that was my. I feel bad. That, that's my argument for Holder, but I, I can't disagree with your choice of uh, Blaney there at all. All
1: right. So remember, you can of course vote for your vote for who you think should win that award uh, on blackandgoldbanneret.com and at our Twitter handle UCF underscore uh, banneret. This one's going to be fun. This next one, Coach of the Year. All right. Boy, uh-huh. did we have a lot of nominees for this one? I, I tried to keep it down to five nominees per award. All right. Yeah. This one was hard cuz we could have had 7 or 8. Considering, you know, and and that sort of gives you an idea of, you know, again, we can we we've waxed poetic many a time on this show about um Danny White and the job he's done in hiring coaches, but let's go ahead and um and go through our our nominees. First of all, um, it we've got both basketball coaches uh Greg Luglady, the baseball coach Emily Marin from Women's Golf, and John Roddick. Let's start with Johnny Dawkins. Johnny taking UCF all the way to Madison Square Garden in his first season. And, you know, there were some grumblings when Johnny got hired, um, considering, you know, how it finished off in Stanford. But, boy, did he get his players, like we said earlier when we were talking about Matt Williams, to buy in in a hurry. And they finish 24-12. and They go to Madison Square Garden. Um, 11 and 7 in the league, 15 and 3 at home. Uh, got to the by the way, got to the final of the Gildan Charleston Classic back in the beginning of the season. Remember that? That was when we thought, yep. okay, there might we might have a little something here. Um, and got the team through a little dry patch. There was a part where they lost six was it six out of, out of seven in conference. They had lost to Cincinnati, and then down the stretch. They win their last five in the conference, including knocking off number 15 Cincinnati, including um, beating USF uh, in the regular season final. They lose to number 12 SMU in the um, AAC uh, tournament semis, but then they go on that NIT run before it finally comes to an end in Madison Square Garden at the hands of TCU. Johnny Dawkins, man, boy, that's going to be a tough one to beat.
0: Phenomenal turnaround uh, and, and, and to the point now where maybe we're headed for one of the most anticipated basketball seasons, if not the most anticipated basketball yeah. season of all time. He put UCF but,
1: basketball back on the map on campus.
0: There's no question about that. And as we'll get into this later, I mean, I, I think he's now the face of UCF athletics at this moment. uh um, in particular, not only what he, the, the production, as far as on the court with the team, but just the way he conducted himself, and I think the way he—I I think he reached a lot of people that maybe weren't either basketball fans or that were that haven't been for whatever reasons, and that now all of a sudden are invested and interested again. Uh, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable.
1: You know who else did an unbelievable job? His counterpart on the women's side, Katie Abrahamson Henderson, Coach Abe. Her team finished with 20 wins this season, 21 and 12 overall, 11 and six at home, nine and seven in the league, got off to a hot start, uh, started out six and one. they only lost at home to Virginia tech by three in that stretch. They lost by one point to Buffalo. Um, Boy, as they, as they headed towards, as we headed towards new year's, they only had two losses on the schedule. They lost to UConn to start off the to start off the conference season, but I thought played them as hard as any other team played them um, in the conference schedule. Uh, at one point, the Knights won uh, six in a row down the stretch. Um, they get to the conference tournament where they uh, were stopped by UConn, but did get to the WNIT where they defeated Stetson by 20 in the first round before losing in Atlanta to Georgia Tech, but. Um, what a year that she had! And really, it, it, you could argue, you know, Johnny Dawkins, you know, had a, um, you know, he was able to put together, you know, he had he had talent coming back for that team, right? Coach Abe had to piece this thing together, and to win 21 games in your first season uh, in the American when you're facing the likes of UConn, you know, they didn't even they didn't exactly have an easy out of conference schedule either. Um, deserves a ton of credit. And I think UCF women's basketball is set up now to be a real challenger in the next few years under Coach Abe. What do you think?
0: Pretty amazing going to the NIT. WNIT went over 20 games going from single-digit wins to 20 wins and over 20 wins in a, in a one year uh, with a roster that has limitations. I mean, you could make the argument there was really only two scorers on that team with Lewis and Gregory stepping up. And, of course, you had great – size inside i think she did a tremendous job on that with along with her staff and uh, uh pretty remarkable pretty remarkable now uh, and um, it really makes you wonder what she's going to do once she gets her players into this program yeah
1: yeah an amazing job by coach abe another newcomer head baseball coach greg lovelady what a year for him in his first year Forty and twenty-two, fifteen and nine in the conference in a much improved American Athletic Conference. By the way, much improved. Won twenty-nine of thirty-nine at home. Uh, got off to a, again a hot start. A uh, couple wins over some over some marquee opponents. Defeated Florida eleven to two at home, uh, and got to the American Athletic. Title. Won the American regular season title. Um. It won a couple games in the American championship before they uh fell to this this east carolina team that just got hot at the right time um but wow and then made it to the NCAA Tallahassee regional you know the season didn't end the way uh that I'm sure he would have liked but um I, again i I keep thinking back to that press conference at the end um you know after the Florida state game when they bowed out and you saw the emotion from Greg Lovelady, and you could tell how much he put, into, he put in with this team and how much you know, he loved the guys, and they loved him back. And that, to me, is a real signal from the players about their coach and the job that he did because the baseball program, I thought, was really directionless heading into you know after last season. And he comes in, gives them direction, gives them agency. And look what they did, 40 games in his first year.
0: And you could say that. That's the common theme, right, with all all these coaches is they came in and they kind of were able to get players that were not necessarily theirs, but they basically took them as theirs and the players bought in. And I think that's a big key. Um, I think Lovelady, what a phenomenal job he did on a team that really, uh, you know, I question how talented this team really was. I I think they overachieved. And they won the regular season championship for a league, as you mentioned, is underrated. This is a top-five conference when it comes to college baseball. In the American Conference, you beat USF, your rival, to do it. You'd get back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2012 for this program. Yeah. and just phenomenal with limited bats that we've talked about on this podcast. With you know, we have Trace on recently, and I still think they were very limited offensively. And then you know, maximizing what you have on your roster. And I know you've mentioned this many a times, and I'll let you do it again. The pitching staff among the top five, top ten throughout the year in pitching, and, and that gives a credit to Lovelady and a credit to his staff too.
1: Yeah, what a year for him and uh, and and put UCF baseball. Back on the map in the same way that Johnny Dawkins put UCF men's basketball uh, back on the map. Emily Marin of women's golf, another nominee, another nominee. The Knights win the American Championship this year once again under her direction. They get to the Athens regional uh, and, uh, and what a again, you know, the, the, we thought that you know golf and tennis are the sports where we you know UCF are kind of the sports of the future for UCF. Emily Marin's already there, and uh, what a great what a fun time it was talking to her earlier this year on the show and what a job that her team did in a very tough sport you know to get them ready at the right time with the American championship there and now she's won, um, she's won three uh, or I, I think it's, I think it's two of the last three uh, in terms of women's golf. Um, what a job she did with that team, huh.
0: Pretty dramatic. Do we take partial credit since she was on the podcast? Some good karma for being on the podcast. Can we like sell that? Uh, see, well, okay.
1: see, remember, she was on this <laughs> afterward after they won the tournament. So, yeah. so well, it, we didn't have to go into yeah. detail, but, I wanted, to know, get, but, no. I wanted to get her back, you know, in there for for uh, for pre, for a preseason interview
0: too. But yeah, sure. Go ahead. No, she did a great job and very dramatic to win that American Conference yeah. Championship, get to the NCAA tournament. And, uh, uh, you know, and producing tremendous talent, too. I mean, that's the thing for players that and uh, just a phenomenal job and really on top of her game Uh, right now is Emily Merritt.
1: And then finally, for men's tennis, another newcomer, John Roddick, highly touted. Eric, I know you've been looking forward to this one. Yep. Um, yep. I'll just I'll just let you take it away on John, because I know how much of a big fan you are of college tennis and, and the job that he did at Oklahoma and. How excited you were when he came on board!
0: Unbelievable. I mean, this was the biggest story uh, going into the year was you, Danny White. You talk about with Danny White uh, and the job he's done with all these hires. And I think the one that really might, uh, it, you know, and certainly you know the Johnny Dawkins it was mainstream. It's a mainstream hire. You know, it's a big hire. Wow, Scott Frost, big hire. Wow, Katie Averson, maybe a little under the radar because she was coaching at Albany in women's basketball. But think about what Danny White pulled off here in hiring John Roddick away from Oklahoma, yeah. a Power 5 school, a program that had just played for the national championship the previous two years. And he takes Roddick and brings him in here with high expectation. You know, a tennis program that you've covered hadn't made the NCAA tournament in tennis since, what, 2005, I believe. Yes, yeah, a long uh, time. And, and, you know, they're building the new USTA center, new home, but there's pressure with that. And you're thinking, oh, well, that's good. You know, he's in here and, and I got a chance to talk to him. We had him on before the year, exclusive. I mean, exclusive interview. Yeah. And we're like, well, you know, how quickly can he, you know, make take him a year or two? Boom. They're within one match away. They're in the championship in the American Conference championship match, a one win away from winning the conference title. And from to the
1: top thirty in the ITA at yep. the end of the at the end of the season, heading into the NCAA's. They go to the Correct. NCAA's. He has an individual player in the NCAA's. Even though they uh, they bowed out in the first round against Louisville, you know, still to get where they did so quickly, remarkable,
0: amazing. And I was told recently when I was uh, uh, that he's got one of the best recruiting classes in the country coming in for next season. Yeah. And I, and again, I've made this statement on this podcast numerous times, Jeff, going back to when I first interviewed him, John Roddick will bring a national championship to UCF tennis. I believe it. I think UCF is going to be a national title contender. He's turned this program in a year from a, Oh yeah, just another program, a tennis program to a national program. And, uh, uh, that's what's exciting. I think the better days are ahead, but just unbelievable on the quick turnaround just to get them back, just to get them to the NCAA tournament this year. Phenomenal.
1: All right, so there's your coach of the year nominees.
0: By the I mean, way, yeah, that is an amazing list. Oh. And we didn't, and, and not even included on the list is first of all Becky Kramer. Can we give a shout out to Becky Kramer? Uh, yeah, I, I wanted for to. For
1: I gotta give I gotta give a shout out to Becky, and I'm sorry. I mean, we had to we. There are oh,
0: three more. Jeff did it. Jeff at. left you out, Becky. I, Jeff I, left you out. We we had
1: cuts to make because we could only have five because of the poll. Becky, Scott Frost is not on this list. Got UCF to a yep. bowl game, six wins after an O and, after an O and twelve. Going season. from zero
0: wins to, win to six wins. That's pretty wild. I mean, it's hard.
1: It's hard, man. But John Bryce, Dawkins, Waller. Bryce Waller, men's golf. I mean, oh man. Is this the greatest
0: um, year, Tiffany Roberts
1: Hadak For crying out loud! What a job that she did this year too. This is this is one of the best coaching years I think maybe in UCF history.
0: I think you're right. I I think it might be the best overall. When you, I mean, we just named with Frost, Bryce Waller. uh, You mentioned you know with with, you know Beck. I mean that's that's eight right there. Uh, Heck, Lyndon Gooch again competing (laughs) for national championship cheerleading. Uh, we haven't even mentioned her. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. Just so, kind of crazy um, list. Just an amazing this. This wow. This was unbelievable. And 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 again, uh, a, a credit to Danny White uh, because he brought most of them in. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So maybe he should present this award. I don't know.
1: So so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a short break, and then we've got a bunch of awards that we've got to get to. And we're already what like 50 minutes into this one. 45 minutes. Well, we in. gotta
0: wait. And we got to pick this
1: award. we got to pick our coach of the year. Okay. So uh, do you want to go first? Uh, You go first. I went first the last time.
0: All right. I will go. And I can't – this was down – I'm literally down to the wire. But I'm going to surprise some of you. I'm going to go Greg Lovelady here, and I'm going to tell you why. This was a team that was picked last before the year in the conference. This was a team that, you know, returning – we didn't think there was a lot of talent in this roster – Especially on the on the offensive side, overachieved pitching wise, found a bullpen, led them to their first regular season conference championship in this program since two thousand and four, Jeff. Two thousand and four. Yeah. When they were in the A Sun. You were in school back then. In <laughs> calling we those games. So out long yeah. <laughs> That's how long ago. You weren't even married. You just, yeah. I don't I don't even know if you've met your wife at that point. No, if you did it at that point, yeah. Uh, so Tells you how long it was. Yeah, And he gets them back into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2012. For those who say, oh, it should be easy to get. No, this program hadn't been to the NCAA tournament in 2012. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with Greg Lovelady by a hair because he led them a regular season championship in a top five league, by the way. This was not a cakewalk league at all. It's a top five league in the American Conference where they were picked last and got them in the NCAA tournament. Phenomenal.
1: I'm going to go with your boy, John Roddick, because no one was really really taking UCF tennis, aside from the people who were in the building, no one was taking UCF tennis seriously prior to him showing up. The fact that he's, what he's done with the men's team is remarkable. He's also the director of tennis, remember, so he's in charge of both the men's and the women's teams. We're seeing the improvement on the women's side as well. And I really do believe that UCF will be a national title contender. You had said that you believe that UCF will win a national title. I'm not willing to go on that, on, out on that limb simply because it is so hard to win a national title in any sport. Quite often when you get to that level, it's a flip of the coin. But I'll tell you something. The future is bright for John Roddick. What he has done to this program has turned it around in the right direction and turned it from an afterthought into a national threat. And that, I think, in one year, he did that. And I think that speaks a lot to his ability. So remember, you can vote on all these awards. We've got a whole bunch to go to after the break. Go to UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter. Go to blackandgoldbanneret.com. Go to facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret. Click on the page. Vote for the awards. And w- in one week, we will, um, we- we'll, put our, we'll have our actual award show where we put the results out there. So we got a lot to get to. Still, we're going to take a short break. We got Team of the Year, Comeback Athlete of the Year, Breakout Athlete of the Year, Newcomer, Game of the Year, Play of the Year, Moment of the Year, Performance of the Year. A lot of stuff to do here. Uh, here on the Black and Gold Banneret uh, Award Nomination Show. Stick around. We're right back after this. And follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 11:48 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go, Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast, and welcome back to our nomination show for the what do they call it with the Oscars? The the Oscar nominations come out, right? So these are the Banny nominations. (laughs) Uh, Jeff Sharon, and Eric Lopez with you here on Black and Gold Banner our Podcast. We gave you male athlete of the year, female athlete of the year, coach of the year. We're going to blast through the rest of these. I'm just going to name them off one by one, and then we'll name off our picks. Um, but you guys pretty much should know you, 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 if you've been following us throughout the year, you've been following UCF Athletics. You know the stories that are coming out here about these. So, um, all right, we're going to do we're going to do team of the year last. Okay. I'm going to come back to that in a, in a little bit. Let's go, let's go with Comeback Athlete of the Year. So the rest of these individual awards, we threw together the women and the men. Comeback Athlete of the Year. I got Kia Bright from Volleyball, who came back after a devastating knee injury. Uh, one of the team leaders once again. She'll be back next year. Jason Barr, who our, our boy uh, Brian Murphy um, did a write-up on earlier this year. Uh, and he got drafted in the uh, Major League Baseball draft. Jason Barr, who couldn't make the team twice under Terry Rooney, was a key player for UCF baseball this year under Greg Lovelady on the ma- on the pitcher's mound. B.J. Taylor, who missed all of last year with a foot injury. People were doubting whether or not he'd be able to come back for UCF men's basketball. He ended up leading the team in scoring. His future looks bright as well. Jordan Akins, who... Uh, I watched that knee injury against Furman. Um, it happened literally right in front of me in the stands, um, and and I thought and it was I was just sick to my stomach when I saw it. Um, but he came back and he may be very well set up for had a pretty good year this year, and he may very well be set up for a very good year in uh, twenty seventeen as well. And then Kyle Marsh for baseball, back from surgery last year, uh, put together another outstanding uh, put together a, a very good uh, season. Coming back for UCF baseball, comeback athlete of the year, Lopez. Who you got?
0: That's a tough one, right? Uh, you could there are a lot of compelling arguments, but I'm going to go with BJ Taylor. It was hmm. a serious knee injury; missed the entire year. And just because he came back, there was no we didn't know how good he was going to be. Was he going to be able to stay healthy? Was he still going to be you know explosive? A lot of questions, and he answered most of it. He stayed healthy for the most part. He he got hurt when he injured his hand during the, the non-conference portion of the schedule. He missed some games, but he was healthy, and he was their big playmaker um, to come back and, and and really be one of the, the leaders on this team. And uh, I, Again, I don't know if UCF basketball succeeds without B.J. Taylor, because really, think about it, they didn't really have a true point guard behind them this year. So yeah. they uh, it, it was important for him to stay on the court, and he did, and he produced in a big way. And so I would go with him. With a slight edge over uh, Jason Barr, which is a phenomenal story uh, for him as well. But great choices. Here.
1: B.J. Taylor would make a great choice. You know who I think is a better choice? Kia Bright, huh? UCF Women's Volleyball. Oh. Here's why. Kia, her knee was a mess. She was out there with one of those massive knee braces. And you talk about somebody who, Todd Dagenet talked to me about this, about her leaping ability. Right? She could, standing still, underneath the basket, dunk a ball with two hands. That's the kind of ability she had. Then she has the injury, right? You think a knee injury, a devastating knee injury like that would be catastrophic for a player who relies on her athletic ability, as she did. Well, guess what she did in her first year back after, after messing up her knee? Second on the team in kills. Second on the team in points per set. Second on the team in digs per set. So she was this outstanding two-way player for, uh, for, for Todd Dagenet and the volleyball team. And now she's going to be back this year with, you know, like you said, it usually takes you a couple, you know, really like 18 months to come back from the, in- the kind of injury that she had. And here she is um, primed and ready to be, I think, an all-conference performer. So my vote goes to Kia Bright for Comeback Athlete of the Year breakout athlete of the year. This is an athlete who um, you know, may have been with UCF for a year or two before, but all of a sudden just burst onto the scene uh, in some way. And, and, and it's the kind of player who has a season where you're like, wow, I didn't, we did not see this one coming. So here we go. Aliyah Gregory, women's basketball, speaks for itself. She was an, one of our nominees for uh, uh, female athlete of the year. Shakeem Griffin, one of our athlete, one of our male athlete of the year uh, nominees. Shakeem, obviously defensive player of the year uh, for uh, in the American. Corey Lovett of men's tennis, who came uh, who, who, who was UCF's lone uh, individual performer in the NCAA uh, tennis tournament. Cassidy Brewer for softball. What a year she had coming in uh, for UCF once she, once she was solidified behind the plate. And with the bat, boy, did her bat heat up this year for UCF softball. And Matthias Puzzolo for men's soccer, who had a breakout year, also for um, Brian Cunningham's team. Uh, and you know, we talked about the offensive load that he carried. Breakout player of the year. I'm going to go first here, Eric, and I'm going to take Aaliyah Gregory. I think she's a shoe in for this award. Um, I remember distinctly the press conference where I where, where Coach Abe. I forget what game it was, but she said. You know, when she was looking at the roster and everyone had sa- and everyone who came in when she first came and said, you know, Coach, Zai Lewis is kind of the best player on your team. And do respect to Zai. Uh, and then Coach Abe said, you know, yeah, Zai is really good. But, you know, this Aaliyah Gregory, she's really good. You guys are sure that she's not, you know, that she might not be the top, the, the, you know, the top talent around here? And, boy, did she prove it this year, leading the team in scoring um and just doing it all offensively and defensively for UCF women's basketball en route to a
0: 20-win season. What about you, Eric? For the first time, I think, in this podcast, I think we agree. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I agree. I can't – I mean, and let's not forget some of the performances that she had. How about going back home to Tampa against USF and Mm -hmm. putting on a show and helping knock off the Bulls, a team you've seen up close – What a performance she had, one of the great performances, one of the great years earning herself an all-conference first team in the American Conference, a great league, and helping them get to the NIT. And to me, I'm intrigued to see her, what she will do here next season, and maybe put herself in the conversation, maybe if she continues to improve how she has, to be one of the greatest women's basketball players in the history of UCF basketball.
1: Yeah, she had 34 points in that game against USF. She had that stretch mm-hmm. where she was just making everything oh. um, yep. and, uh, and really helped put UCF uh, over the hump in the Americans. So uh, there's your breakout players of the year. Newcomer of the year. Now, this is not necessarily a freshman. This could be somebody who transferred over. Um, we got five good nominees here. Boy, this one's tough. Ryland Thomas for baseball who was a revelation for UCF especially with the bat. Um Joe Sheridan, excellent pitcher for UCF, the lefty who came up with a number of bi- came came up big in a number of big moments for UCF. Um th- this one of course, you know, we're going to go here. Mackenzie Milton, the quarterback for UCF football, uh who I- who is the the pioneer of bringing a new style of football to UCF um in 27 27- in 2016 and 2017 under uh, Scott Frost. Maria Balcazar, a real um, uh, unheralded newcomer for women's golf. You know, we talked about Ashley Holder. Maria Balcazar had one heck of a year this year. And then Aaliyah White for softball, um, who, wh- who, who's, become UC, who's become UCF's ace and, uh, and might be um, on pace to, be, you know, to take a number of UCF softball pitching records uh, when all is said and done after four seasons at UCF. Eric, you're gonna go first on this one. Well,
0: it's tough this one, but I, I, I you know and I'll be accused of being a homer on this one since I do call her games, but <laughs> I'm gonna go with going. <laughs> I'm going to Leah White. And the reason I go with Leah White, look, the UCF had graduated arguably not arguably actually she is the most decorated pitcher in the history of the program in Shelby Turney, who went on to the NPF And won an MPF championship. They also graduated the number two pitcher on that staff, Jamie Yavori from last year. So going into the season in 2017, I think you have only returned 60 innings of experience pitching, which was from Manemi Calixto. So you have Manemi Calixto coming in with three freshman pitchers. And you're like, where is the pitching going to come from? Is someone going to step up? Who's going to, what's going to, how is this team going to do pitching wise? There's a lot of questions. And Aaliyah White, a true freshman, just, I, I think, considering what she, you know, having a young team unf- behind her and everything, really uh, stepped up and, and had a tremendous year as a freshman, uh, it, it really, other than Mackenzie Otis in 2012, there's no other freshman pitcher that's ever had a year than Aaliyah White. Uh, when you consider she was among the nation's leaders and when she went, 18 wins this year, 18 wins. To put that in perspective, UCF won 29 for the season. Uh, She made second-team all-conference. She should have won Rookie of the Year in the America Conference, didn't. Uh, But to me, Aaliyah White, if if Aaliyah White doesn't have the year that she does, I I don't know, Jeff, honestly, where UCF's softball season would have ended. They would have struggled because, you know, it, 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 it you know with young pitching you just don't know you just never know how they're going to respond. Some of them take a little while to develop, and there's certainly room for improvement for her, uh, uh, for sure. And I think she will be the first to say that. But uh, I have to go with her because in a lot of ways she was a big part of their success. Uh, and you were there when she shut out USF in front of a national television audience on ESPN. You were there when she pitched against then number one ranked Florida State. In front of a sold-out crowd at the complex, the third-largest crowd ever, and she, uh, an offense that was just run rolling people at the time, it was averaging over eight runs a game. And you can make an argument if it, she was maybe a, a, a defensive play away from shutting them out going into the seventh inning of that game. So uh, I, I, th- I would go with her as the newcomer of the year.
1: I, you make a strong case. I had a hard time choosing between Leah and Rylan Thomas. I'm going to go with Rylan and here's why. Rylan Thomas comes in as a freshman. He starts 59 games. He hits 303. He's third on the team. Just 12 percentage points behind the leader. He leads the team in with home runs with 14. He leads the team in RBI with with 53 and total base is 124. and slugging at 530. And then in addition to that, as a pitcher this year, he makes seven appearances, goes 1-0, and doesn't give up a run. Now you might say, well, he only pitched eight innings. I don't care. He gave up only three hits. He walked only four guys, struck out 10. He was domi- He was as dominant on the hill in his brief amount of time as he was with the bat having started 59 games. So I'm going to go with Ryland Thomas for UCF
0: baseball. All right. It's a good choice. Good choice. I can't – I mean, let's I – mean, let, me, let me paraphrase this. The people that we don't pick, there, there's no wrong choices here. <laughs> let's just make that record. Right. To, and that's why you, sell.
1: the fan, the listener, are going to be making yeah. those choices. So that's why – and it's an online poll. We're just making our picks, and you guys are going to have to make the decision yourselves. Right. So good luck with that. <laughs> Let's do, uh, all right, next up, Game of the Year. All right, so we got we got four, like, individual event sort of um, awards here. We got Game of the Year, Play of the Year, Moment of the Year, and Performance of the Year. The Game of the Year is basically the one single event that was just a remarkable, um, just the quality of the game itself. It's like It's like one that you would want to record and watch. On um on your on your DVR, I almost said your VCR. Can you believe that? But because that's what we used to do, right? So um, all right. So we'll start with men's golf winning the NCAA Murfreesboro Regional. Um, first time the UCF's done that in a long time. Bryce Waller and UCF um making their way to the NCAA final with that. Women's golf winning the American Athletic Conference tournament in dramatic fashion, coming down to the final hole, and then also you, and then in addition to that, um you get Ashley Holder uh winning the individual title at the same time clinching it on the final hole. Women's basketball upsetting number 22 USF in Tampa. Um in a game where she uh where uh, we talked we talked about Aliyah Gregory where she had uh you know, another amazing performance in that stretch and UCF knocks off what was what I thought was going to be a Next to UConn was an almost impossible to beat USF team that I had seen um, in the Sun Dome, and UCF knocks them off with some with a great defensive performance. Men's basketball, a bunch of games we could have chosen for this one, but we chose uh, the Knights' shocking Illinois State in the NIT up at Illinois. They were re- they were ready for Illinois in the next round. They were going to host that game. Uh, Illinois State, the one seed. Uh, in the in the night side of the bracket, the NIT, and the Knights go up there and spoil the party and get to host one more game against Illinois, which they eventually went on to win. More on that in a little bit, because that's one of our nominees for one of the later awards. But we chose, like, and just that individual game was just an amazing, dramatic game. I think drama has to count for this. And then, speaking of drama, baseball, uh, in extra innings, up in East Carolina. This was back... I'm actually pulling it up on the schedule right now. This was um, back on April the 13th. And the Knights had just just gotten swept by USF. And then they lost to the Florida Atlantic. Then they got to go on the road to Greenville. And this was at a time before ECU um, you know, really kind of... You know, ECU had a rough year this year. But remember, they were coming as, the, as the, uh, one of the preseason favorites in the American. And the Knights were down in this game uh, big early they were down I'm looking at seven to one heading into the fifth inning and then they just chipped away and chipped away Rylan Thomas with a two RBI single that tied the game in the ninth that went to the end it went to the 11th Brennan Bozeman with the single and the Knights come back from seven one down in the fifth to win eight to seven in extra innings over East Carolina and that started I think that really ignited UCF's Run uh, in baseball this year to uh, 40 wins. I mean, we knew they, get, they they did get off to a pretty good start, but it was kind of they were kind of not quite you know figuring it out, and that was the game where all of a sudden they kicked it into the fifth gear. So those five games, Eric, which one you
0: got? I know I'm sounding like a broken record. This was a hard one to pick, <laughs> and I, no, and I'm, and, I, and honestly, I, I've gotten back and forth on this. Uh, because on the one hand, I thought about for one minute, well, maybe I'm going to go with the UCF women's basketball upset win over USF. Think about it. It was the first time ever that UCF women's basketball has beaten USF in the Division One era. Yeah. Uh, they haven't beaten them since 1980. Uh, it, it's been a long time. Then I thought about the women's golf, winning the conference championship on the final hole. I mean, how dramatic is that? And winning an individual championship. At the same time, right on the same uh, time with Holder. So I thought about going with that. But the more I thought about it, I have to go with the UCF Illinois State game. Because, first of all, the atmosphere at Illinois State was tremendous. Johnny Dawkins even said, Jeff, it was one of the best atmospheres he's ever been a part of as far as being on the road. I guess an Illinois State team that, you know, that's a tough, a great home court. UCF digs themselves a huge hole and they come all the way back, win in a wild fashion. And it was at that moment after they won the game, you found out, you realized, wait a minute, we're going to host an NIT game with a chance to go to the Final Four. Uh, That's a game I think a lot of people will always remember. So I'm going to go with UCF over Illinois State as the game of the year.
1: I am going to go with women's basketball beating USF. And the reason why was for the reasons that you actually um, elucidated, you know, UCF had not beaten USF in the Division One era, had not beaten USF in Tampa in the Division One era. And USF, I'd seen them actually, I think it was the week or two before when they played yeah. Cincinnati. And, I, and I'm looking at this, game, at, at this team and I'm like, man, if it wasn't for UConn, this team would be running away with this conference. And just their style of play was like, I was honestly scared. I was like, man, this is going to be a problem. And then all of a sudden Coach Abe's team comes in. They are not afraid of them one bit. They shut them down defensively. They keep them from running. And then they get that performance from Aliyah Gregory and the Knights upset then number 22 USF in Tampa on their on their floor in the Sun Dome that gets my game of the year. All right, play of the year. This is a little tougher. Because right? we're talking about individual plays that were really just remarkable. Adrian Killen's 100 plus yard kick return versus East Carolina. Um, ask LSU dad about that. Uh, this was a good one. UCF softball's triple play against Memphis, the first triple play in school history. That made the Sports Center top 10. Speaking of Sports Center top 10s, Kyle Marsh, his diving catch against USF on national television in the final game. Uh, of the uh, of the three game series at home, the game that clinched the American Athletic Conference regular season title. What a key play that was! Brennan Bozeman of UCF baseball with that leap over Jason Santana of Memphis, uh, the catcher. That one made the Sports Center top ten. And then one more: Ashley Holder's putt on the final hole to win both the team and the individual American Athletic Conference championship and clinch the first ever War on i Four All Sports trophy in one shot. So, five play, five plays right there Eric Lopez, which one you got? Wow. This is that hard, is pretty man.
0: Good. Could you imagine. Actually, I mean, wait a minute. You, you know, now you said that holder, now I'm thinking I want to go back to the women's golf and make that the game of the year. Now, see what I mean? I mean, I'm <laughs> having a hard time. I mean, that was pretty good. I'm going to switch my vote. I'm going women's golf. Uh, that was okay. pretty good. Also, so, you're going yeah, women's golf for, the,
1: Wait, you're going women's golf for game of the year? Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you know, I mean, that was good. You sold that good. I mean, I haven't punched my ticket yet. I haven't punched my vote. That was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. Clinch, the conference championship, the individual championship, and the all trophy. I, I got to go with that. That was well done. I mean, that was well done. I've I- 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 I told you that was a hard one. This one, though, I'm a little more, I have more, con- uh, more you know, backbone on this one. <laughs> I will not back- uh, flip-flop on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the triple plug. Okay. Against Memphis, and this is why the game. I me let me why expl- you're not a homer about this one? Well, I wasn't there. First of all, so it's not <laughs> like I could say I was there. Uh, in fact, it's probably going to be one of my regrets in my career that I wasn't there. Uh, but here's the deal: that that was a game. It was a wild game. It was the third game of the series. Memphis had won the first game easily. UCF came back, won the second game, uh, and then the third game. It was a wild shootout. And UCF jumped out of 10, I think he had like a 10-3 lead, 10-4 lead at one point. And Memphis is making a run in the seventh inning, bottom of the seventh. They get two runs right up a boom, boom, boom. They got the bases loaded, nobody out. There, there's a pitching change, multiple pitching changes in the inning. So it's 10-6, to nobody out. Memphis with all the momentum. And they hit the fly ball to Greenwell who doesn't have the best arm of the three outfielders. It's not like Will O'Callaghan, who has a tremendous arm in right field. She makes a perfect throw to center field to get the runner out at home plate for the second out, and then they hit the third base for the triple play to end the game and kill the momentum and win the series. It, it was uh, an amazing moment. I don't know if they turn that triple play. Who knows what happens in that game? Who knows if they hold on to that league because Memphis was coming. They were had momentum in that bottom of the seventh and that just took it out completely. And it's a moment that's probably going to be the most memorable play of the 2017 year. I think when, when you ask any of those players on the 2017 team, what do you remember most about the 2017 season? They're going to tell you that's going to be that play. So it was, I believe it was top three, top four, uh, top 10 play in Sports Center that night. It made the ESPNW top plays. Um, And it's the first in the history of the program. Who knows if we'll ever see a triple play again? It's not like it's guaranteed to happen again. You know, the other stuff, uh, uh, you know, were were great plays, but we've seen those type of plays before. I don't know if we'll ever see another triple play, and so that's my vote.
1: I'm going to go with Ashley Holder's putt because (laughs) I, yeah, I I, I, we talked. I talked with Coach Marin about that, and it's just. You know, there were the the job that she's done, just getting you know preparing for that moment, and in one shot on that fifty fourth hole, she clinches the team title, she clinches the individual title after three years of finishing in the top three and not coming up with the individual, she clinches the individual, and she clinches the war on i four all sports trophy for UCF in one shot up in uh, up in Palm Coast. What a moment that was! So much riding on that, so much pressure and she came through. That, to me, is the play of the year. It was a tough choice for me between that one and the Adrian Killen's kick return, because the kick return was, you know, not just the coming-out party for Adrian, but I thought a coming-out party for UCF football, where, where all of a sudden we, we stood up and said, whoa, this is what we're going to be seeing now. And, you know, that was, that was, a, um, th- that was a tough call, but I'm going to go with Ashley Holder's putt. Uh, to clinch the American. Um, now, along those lines, we're going to do moment of the year. So this may not necessarily be a game or a play, but just the, a general moment um, that just really made us stand up and applaud um, for UCF. Here's what we've got. Baseball, clinching the American at home against USF, and a, a winner-take-the-title um, In a winner-take-the-title game, they clinched a share of the American, by the way, with Houston, but to do so against USF at home uh, on the final day of the regular season. Um, Basketball. Zai Lewis, who has been through so much in her career at UCF, um, became UCF's all-time leader in threes by either a male or a female basketball player. Rowing, sweeping every race at the American Athletic Conference championships, uh, in Sarasota men's basketball defeating Illinois at home in front of 10,000 people to go to the NIT semis in New York. And then men's tennis defeating number 23, Texas tech four to three in their first ever match at the USTA center, their first ever team match under John Roddick. Um, those five, so many moments to choose from, and and I, and I tr- we tried to be diplomatic about it, and maybe some that would have counted as moments we put to play of the year or game of the year, uh, or sure. next one, performance of the year. But moments of the year, I, I think we got five really good ones. I'm going to go first, and I think we're going to agree on this one. I'm picking, you know, do respect to everybody on the other. I'm picking the men's basketball game against Illinois. Um, You know, when you consider, Eric, that, you know, when we came to UCF, we were happy when... We got 2,500 people in the arena for, um, for men's basketball. We were back in, the, back in the days when we were in the A-Sun, right? And we were coming back from softball. We, went, we walked over together to, that, to the arena after softball was over. And to walk in and see standing room only, essentially, in UCF Arena, 10,011 people. It was loud, it was crazy, it was against Illinois, Big Ten opponent. It was definitely going to be our last game of the year. Um, it was, it was, because you know the next game would have been the NIT semis, heading to New York. Trip to New York City on the line, Madison Square Garden and all that. Um, and it, it was a taste, it was finally we've been looking for that. Those of us who follow UCF basketball and love UCF basketball, always knew that if we ever got a crowd like that, like, like you get at the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the Villanovas and the Kansases, that that, can be, that, can, that crowd can will a team to victory. And I thought that was what happened in that Illinois game. And after the game, you know, Johnny Dawkins making the speech up top, you know, holding the apple, and we were right there, right behind him. You know, the crowd rushes the floor, and and he's, and he's up there, and he is the preacher. Um, giving everyone the good news about UCF basketball. I mean, I, I get kind of misty just thinking about it. Um, so, that, I, I mean, due respect to everything else, but, man, that game, that night, I will never forget that so long as I live.
0: Ditto, and I'll go a step further. I think the moment with Johnny Dawkins with the fans on the court, is maybe the most iconic moment UCF athletics on campus that I can remember. You know, I, I, you know, prior to that, I would have probably have said, you know, I think back to 2005, back at the old Citrus Bowl, when UCF finally ended that long losing streak in football and they beat Marshall, and the fans stormed the the field and they grabbed the goalpost, and then the and the word just spread out. Everybody took the goalpost to the pond on campus, and that was a mm-hmm. pretty uh, kind of awesome moment as a student. But at this moment, you had the students, you had the fan base, the boosters, and Johnny Dawkins is around them, and he's telling them how appreciative he is of the support. Uh, At that moment, how can you not be, like, sucked in? I mean, it was unbelievable. And that's why I've said I think Johnny Dawkins right now is the face of UCF athletics because I think every fan, whether you're a diehard basketball fan, whether you're a casual basketball fan, um, you know, you can identify with Johnny Dawkins, and you're going to Root for Johnny Dawkins uh, in a lot of ways, kind of similar to what it was when Kirk Sparrow was the coach, but now it's with higher expectations maybe even. Uh, that was just an amazing moment. You mentioned that walking in that building when that arena is packed and loud. It was You and I were sitting next to each other. We just kept smiling looking at each other. Like, you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember because you fought. You know, you had some commitments you had to do, so you you weren't necessarily planning on staying for the game. But when you walked in, you're like, "Hey, I got to stay for this." <laughs> yeah, you just wanted to take a peek, and you were you were sucked in. You had like, "Nope, I got to stay." <laughs> I yeah, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't. I said, "I said if I leave,
1: I'm going to regret this the rest of my life." And you were shocked.
0: You were shocked. Yeah, because. In, in, you and I heard about it. We heard the whispers. Oh yeah, no, they're you know this is going to be close to a sellout. Oh, it's gonna. We we're like, yeah, okay, yeah, seriously, yeah, We've heard that before. You try- yeah, right. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you're not. You're, yeah, I don't buy it. I'm not buying it. I, I, you know, we both walked in together. and We looked and we we're like, <gasps> it oh was my god.
1: So, and it was so. It really was so loud. I'm like, wow, that's what like, I, I've never been to a place like Cameron Indoor Stadium, or you know, the Dean Dome. Um, I've been to Little John Coliseum, you know, Clemson's home home gym for when they play Duke or Carolina. But you know, I was like, wow, this is this is what it's like. Like this is what it's like, right? And uh amazing. I I I, I think we have to agree on that one. Moment of the year. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Performance of the year, and then we have team of the year we're gonna finish up with. So performance of the year. This is not necessarily the game of the year or the moment of the year. This is some this is an individual athlete who just was at the peak of their performance, was in a zone for a game, a series, a stretch of whatever. We'll start with Rylan Thomas in his three games against Central Michigan, that three game series. Thomas went 8 for 11 at the plate, four home runs, 12 runs batted in, and he got his first career pitching win in the third game of the series um, on a walk off RBI single. By um, Eli Putnam. Matt Williams against USF at home. 38 points and a record 11 three-pointers. That's when, I, th- I thought that was the night when, you know, some of these NBA teams that are looking at Matt right now, I thought that that was when um, they, they sat up and, take notes and said, wow, this kid made 11 threes in a game. We got to take a look at this. Cassidy Brewer. Senior day for UCF softball this year. She knocks out two home runs, picks up six runs batted in, including one of those home runs, a walk-off grand slam to finish up uh, the, the regular season at home on senior day, send the seniors off uh, with a victory in their final game on the UCF Diamond. We talked about her before. Ashley Holder, once again, to, to finish seven under par. Uh, in, the, in the American Athletic Conference Women's Golf Championship. Finished in the top three all three previous years. Finally breaks through. Wins the tournament outright with that dramatic putt um, that I put down as my play of the year. And then finally, another softball moment. Linnea Goodman. Win at Memphis. You know, you talk about the triple play at Memphis. Let us not forget Linnea setting a new school
0: record. Five hits in one game
1: against Memphis. So what do you got, Eric?
0: It's pretty crazy that Memphis game didn't get nominated. <laughs> now that I look yeah. back on it, wow, we had a school record, five hits for Linnea Goodman, and a triple play to head in the game. That's pretty wild. Um, by the way, the Brewer, a note, six RBIs, second most, tied for the second most RBIs in a single game by any UCF softball player. Behind Stephanie Vets. Stephanie Betts, Yep. who this not who only the a, who school. Who had like record,
1: 168 of them in that one game against Army.
0: Or to be closer to accuracy, 11, which is still the NCAA record, by the felt, way. Felt like 168. Um, but anyway. I'm right. sure Army did that too. Um, <laughs> all great performances. I gotta go with Matt Williams. I was there in that building. I watched that game in, inside there. Uh, there's nothing like watching a basketball player putting on a show from the three point line. And certainly you know in the NBA, I've been fortunate. I've seen Steph Curry do it in person. Uh twice you know, with the Warriors against the Magic. It's and there's something about a player. And it was the same way with Matt Williams in that game against USF because anytime he touched the ball, after he made the first three or four, you're like, Whoa, this is, we're we're in for something. It was almost like anticipation when he touched the ball, like, ooh, he could shoot it from anywhere on the court. And then you're like, you're catching your breath, and are like, oh, can you just believe he hit it from there? And it was just an unbelievable show that he put on. It's one of the greatest performances in the history of any player in UCF basketball history, certainly Jermaine Taylor and some of his performances that he threw out his career on every, you know, certainly game against rice. where he had the like over 40 points and all that put on some shows. But uh, other than that, I mean, you, you'd be hard pressed to find a better performance than what Matt Williams did. He stole the show. It was unbelievable school record for most threes in a game conference record for most threes in a game. Um, he was just on fire, and they beat the rivals, USF, and crushed them. They had no chance. Uh, that's, to me, the, the, the performance of the year. Unbelievable. I want to disagree with you so bad, but I can't.
1: I, 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 I really wanted to, you know, the Ashley Holder one is certainly up there, just the weekend that she had. Ryland Thomas's series against Central Michigan, I think, was, you know, also just an amazing, uh, amazing you performance. one of those player. games? Uh, that last game. That last game was yeah. the one that I did. Yeah. Um, but Matt William, you know, that game where 38 points and 11 threes was, you know, just like you said, that was, it's very rare when you see an athlete in the zone. And we saw it that night. He just could not miss. And, you know, every time that a ball went, uh, that he was taking a shot, you can just hear the anticipation in the crowd, and it just everyone just exploded every time it went in. 11 threes in the game against your rival USF. I know USF had a bad year this year. I don't really care. Um, 38 <laughs> points, what a night that was for Matt Williams. All right, here we go. Coup de gras, as we finish up here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast, 2017 Banny Award nominee show. Team of the year. All right. Here we go, nominee number one: men's basketball, going to the New York City, going to N, uh, New York City, in the NIT semifinals, twenty plus wins under Johnny Dawkins in his first year, um, and putting uh, the sellout game like we talked about against Illinois in the final game at home. Um, just an amazing performance by women, by men's basketball this year. Women's basketball this year again, twenty wins once under first year under Coach Abe. Um, performed way above expectations in their first year. And the expectations are going to be high heading into next year as well. 20-win season for them as well. Women's golf, American Athletic Conference champions, once again under Emily Marin. And also the individual championship, like we talked about, with Ashley Holder taking that home. What a year for women's golf. Baseball, 40 wins under a first-year head coach. Um, Top 30 RPI. Greg Lovelady, first year once again. Uh, All the great performances with the pitching. Top five pitching staff in the country at the end of the regular season. And then, of course, rowing, who swept the conference championships, um, made it to the NCAA, had their highest finish in the NCAAs uh, in history. And and once again, a dominant, dominant performance. in the uh, in the American Championships at home against uh, in uh, it, well not at home but in the home state against uh, against the rest of the field in Sarasota, three time champions uh, once again. So five tough nominees. Who you got?
0: In a normal year, normal circumstances, I would pick the team that won the conference championship and go to the NCAA tournament, um, like a rowing did baseball did women's golf did in a normal year however in this year was unique and I, and I'm going to go with men's basketball even though they didn't win a regular season title they got to the NIT but but this one was unique this was this goes a, a team of the year beyond just on the court this team going into the year was shorthanded we had the limited scholarships Uh, we, you know, we didn't know how good this team was going to be. They were really bad the year before. There was a certainly lack of interest in the basketball program. Let's be honest. I mean, the the numbers kind of showed that early going into the year. And honest, there were some people that questioned the hire of Johnny Dawkins. We didn't know. This is just a throwaway year, maybe. Maybe you're a 500 year team at best. Uh, and yet I felt like because of all those storylines. I felt like they were like an underdog team all year. And then they got off to that good start, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, with the tournament in November, had a good showing. And then they're like, wow, they're they're playing pretty well. And then as you get into conference, they have their little hiccups there, but got it together. And I felt like as the year was going on, you just kind of felt like this team, everybody was rooting for this team. Everybody's trying to will this team to victory. It's like, oh man, we're so short handed. Can we find that extra possession or two to find a way to win that game against, whether it be at East Carolina or whether it be against Houston at home or whether it be against Cincinnati to end the regular season. Uh, they crushed Memphis in the conference tournament. Uh, you, you know, think back to the win at USF where they were trailing much of that game, and they found a way to win that game. And then the win at Illinois State and the NIT. I know I'm going back and forth on this, but it was just a roller coaster of emotions to the point where people that follow the basketball team, we didn't want the year to end. And then they beat Illinois State, and then the the Illinois game that we talked about was unbelievable. And I just feel like there was just a a romantic, I don't know, it's cliche or maybe, but there was just something about the love affair. Yeah, yeah. it, it, there was just something about it, and, and, I, and I think we saw that kind of come out when they stormed the court. Not only in the in, in the Illinois win, which we've already documented, but you, the Cincinnati win. People forget they stormed the court there, and that game I think was a perfect uh, example of describing this team. They they were battling. It was a it was a defensive struggle against Cincinnati. They had a double digit lead offensively, and then they struggled offensively. That you could tell they were getting tired. You could tell that the lack of depth was getting to them a little bit. Plus, Cincinnati was very good defensively. But you were just kind of hoping. You were just kind of trying to will that team to victory. And then, you know, that B.J. Taylor hits a shot. Cincinnati misses an alley-oop. Next thing you know, they win the game, and everybody storms the court. like, wow, we did it. They beat Cincinnati. And and so for those reasons, uh, I think this team transcended just the basketball fan. I think they transcended to a lot of people that haven't followed basketball in a long time they're all of a sudden we're like whoa i got to follow this team and maybe even turn some people that don't like the basketball the, don't like basketball and all of a sudden turn them into a basketball fan and and there were people that UCF alums that were just supporting the team and the program so um it's it's very unique but that's why i have to go with UCF basketball because let's be honest Jeff when you go back 5 10 20 years from now and you look back at 2017 i think everybody the first thing that's going to pop in their head in the 2016-2017 athletic year, it's UCF basketball.
1: Excellent point. All. Oh. And this is a tough one for me, because I would certainly be on board with that in general. But remember what I said about dominance? That I, I like to look at what dominance means. All right? Who is dominant? Who? Just had a stranglehold on their competition and didn't let go. And that's why I got to give it to UCF rowing. Couple reasons. Number one, due respect, of course, to men's hoops, women's hoops. But I think one of the things you got to do, you got to bring home some hardware. And boy, did UCF rowing do that. It was their third straight American Athletic Conference Championship. They swept all six events... In Sarasota, en route to winning the American. And in a sport where it really comes down to, they're racing against the clock, okay? For them to do what they do, to dominate the way they did, and we talked about Becky Kramer and the job that she's done with this program. Um, It's it's mind-blowing, and they don't get enough credit for it. So I'm going, for, I'm going with UCF rowing as the team of the year because, in my opinion, due respect to everybody else, but I think they deserve it the most because of how dominant they were over their competition. All right. So there's our nominees for all of our awards. Um, we're posting the, each of these on a Twitter poll, and you can see this. If you're on Black and Gold Banneret right now, you can see it below um and your job as the fan is to vote in all of these um I- I- for all of these awards and we will read off the awards we will pass out the awards next week uh in the uh, on the black and gold banner at podcast show number 51 and uh like I said we we've talked we tried to talk you guys through it but now it's up to you so you the fan you the listener our thanks to you is we're going to Putting the, we're putting the awards in in your court to see how um, to see how this to see who's going to take these awards uh, home in our first ever Banny Awards. So, Eric Lopez, as we finish up here, what do you got coming up this week? What do you think about what we're doing here so far?
0: This is fun. I'm glad we're ending this because this was if we really hard, wasn't it? This is one of the hardest oh, I'm ta- things we've I'm done. Listen. Listen. If we would have gone another half hour, hour, I probably would have changed my mind on most all the other categories. I already did that on once. I did that on <laughs> game of the year. Heck, I'm that. Heck, how do we not have Becky Kramer on coach of the year after you just presented that case for yeah, Team Ryan? Holy you know mackerel! What, I, I,
1: if we? If, if she gets listen, if they win the award, I'm get I'm I'm printing something out and I'm and I'm and I'm giving it to her individually because she re, she she reserve, yeah. she deserves it.
0: Fair enough. But no, look, it's uh, that's no, fun and uh, it was fun to do. A fun debate. Uh, interested to see what the fans think, but uh, certainly, yeah, I I know that this has meant a lot to you, because I know for years you've always wanted to do something like this, because I know, you know, UCF has their Swords Awards, which is completely different. It's not necessarily just athletic achievement on the field, but off the field and stuff like that, but I know one of your, you know, uh, frustrations is that they do it in April when there's still baseball and softball and track and golf and tennis still going on. Part of the reason why they do it is because that's the only time they can get all everybody together before everybody has their final exams and moves on but uh the beauty is we don't have to de- depend on them for to being around we can just do it ourselves and that's what we did here so uh i guarantee go easy on us i know we're gonna get ripped a lot especially you jeff you always seem to get the uh that's <laughs> the fine. negative monster. that's okay that's, that's fair fine. i don't care bring it on i've heard it all before but, but yeah certainly i enjoy, uh, hope that everybody kind of votes and uh you know, give them feedback and that's always fun. So uh that hopefully next year it's even harder, right? We want more. We want we want this to be as hard as possible.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it was this is one of the more difficult tasks that I think we've ever done um with this podcast. But I mean this is also fun because we got to relive um a lot of things here. So um again, don't forget to uh to follow us at UCF underscore banner at on Twitter, which is where we're gonna be conducting these polls. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. you can follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo subscribe to this podcast via iTunes Google Play, SoundCloud uh, and tune in of course and on the story and don't forget you can also vote on the stories page uh, which is where I'm going to post the polls on um, black and gold uh, and you can also access via, access us via Facebook at uh, facebook.com/ black and gold uh, banner at so uh once again so uh, lopez what do you got coming up real quick before we uh, before we bug out of here what what, what do you have on tap
0: well no, not much i just want to also mention for the the softball audience i do a podcast in the circle it's now on fastpitchnews.com nice uh new home so i want to make that announcement uh new home and uh we're we're excited, really excited about the partnership there and uh we'll be podcasting softball guests uh, throughout the year. So for those of you, especially those of you that obviously know me with the softball UCF softball and you want to get more softball, that's that's where you can go to get your podcast stuff. So look for that and look for more details on that and how you can find that, not only on fastpitchnews.com but other places. On Eric Lopez Elo on Twitter, that's where you can find me uh, for all the latest.
1: Good stuff, and you can find me as well at Jeff underscore Sharon. Uh, I'm going to be looking up uh, you know, this week. We had a busy week coming up with uh, another thing. By the way, I went to the U2 concert on Wednesday, so that's why we're a little bit late with this. But I was out in Tampa. What a show that was. So that was a lot of fun. And, uh, well, again, we're going to have the polls up for a week. And when the results come in, we're going to provide those results for you um, in our upcoming show. So that's it for us, Eric. Thanks again, brother. Always a pleasure. And thanks to you, fans, for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Don't forget to send us your votes this week uh, here on UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter uh, and at blackandgoldbanneret.com. For Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. Catch you next week as the 2017 Bannies, our first annual Bannies, will be taking place uh, in next week's show. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.